The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This is the Yanks Go Yard podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome to the Yanks Go Yard podcast. The only podcast gets you Bronx bombed on a weekday afternoon live as the winter meetings begin in Nashville. How about that Juan Soto coaster? It really started in earnest on Friday night when we heard the Yankees and Padres were at a standstill as San Diego demand not one, not two, a LeBron joining the Miami Heat style seven pitchers in exchange for Soto. And oh, by the way, you also have to take Trent Grisham's salary, somebody you don't really want. They didn't talk on Saturday. The Toronto Blue Jays showed up. The Mariners cleared the deck of a whole bunch of payroll obligations. Then the Yankees re-entered talks with the Padres reportedly today, Monday, in Nashville, or at least plan to. The Blue Jays are a long shot. The Mariners, it was quickly rebutted after John Heyman floated them by Ken Rosenthal that they're a long shot as well. Buster only said today this could take until end of January, early February. And why exactly? Well, it's because the Yankees are the only real viable suitor right now. So is Brian Cashman blowing this by letting other teams hang around? Or is this just one of the most boring, high-profile trade conversations of all time that ultimately is between just two teams for an extremely long time? We'll break down as much as we possibly can today. The Blue Jays offer the Mariners interest. Whether we think Cashman's playing this right or not, and whether we can even trust him. Thanks for joining us live, two o'clock Eastern, again on YouTube, all podcast platforms afterwards for the Yanks Go Yard podcast. Um, we're going to be here again on Thursday. We're going to be here live as much as we possibly can be this offseason and during the winter meetings, especially. Uh, Thomas, uh, thanks for joining us. Thomas Carinante, my co host, he's got an offer for you folks in the crowd. Of course I do, everybody. How's it going? Once again, thank you for tuning in. We appreciate it. Big time right here, winter meetings. And it is, uh, is it a better time to sign up for Sleeper Daily Fantasy? Yanks Go Yard is partnering with them to give new users a first deposit match up to 100 bucks. Make sure to use our code FANSIDED2, the number two, when signing up to receive your deposit match. The QR code is in the left-hand corner. It's right there for you to scan. Check out to see if you qualify. Please remember to always gamble responsibly, game responsibly, whatever you're doing. But yeah, good deposit match here. You can have some fun with fantasy lineups. Do what you got to do. Um, and uh, we're talking fantasy here. This Juan Soto trade stuff um, really not sitting well with me. Although I, I already said it. I said it last episode. I'm not going to let these reports and rumors get to me, but we do have to talk about it. We do have to write about it. Um, and I don't know where I stand. I think part of it is... Scott Boris positioning to force Cody Bellinger to the Yankees. So he gets somebody to sign him for a ton of money. Yeah. Um, who's desperate. I think it's partially the Padres knowing that um, I think if they're bailing on Juan Soto, they need to get the absolute maximum amount of value possible because of how they kind of dropped the ball over the last year and a half. Well, especially the last year, I know they were successful in the half season with him. Um, and uh you know, you look across the league too, like they don't want to, they, they, they want to expand. They want to cast the wide net as much as possible. But then you look back and you're just like, there's no suitor that's better than the Yankees. And that's where the Brian Cashman worry comes in. Sometimes there are trades where it's like, there actually is no better suitor than the Yankees. And then the Yankees kind of blow it. Uh, a lot of, uh, I listened to talking Yanks. They were pretty reserved in discussing this, which I thought was surprising. Um, they also said the Yankees don't really prospect hug, which surprised me because they mentioned Clint 
and and Duhar is like the only two. And like I think you could go back and Justice Sheffield is a big one that held up the Manny Machado trade, didn't it? Yeah. Um, um, what What's his name? I can't believe we can't even remember their names anymore because that's how irrelevant they are. But the other pitching prospect from that, Chance Adams. Yeah, they discussed that, which they made a good point about because they thought that nobody else really wanted him and only we internally kind of viewed him highly. But no, he was a top 100 guy. Like yeah. He might not have been just as Sheffield. But yeah. I mean, they hugged all those. They hugged Jesus Montero for so long. Yep. Uh, they hugged Eduardo Nunez and blew the Cliff Lee trade that never happened. He might win another World Series in there in 2011 if they had Cliff Lee. Um, it's not like they just started prospect hugging. It's not a baby bombers thing. But I would say, by and large, Brian Cashman is pretty reticent to give up on these guys. And sometimes he's right. I would rather have Anthony Volpe right now than have him be on the Cincinnati Reds. But I'd also rather uh, have made the playoffs last year. So Yeah. I don't know. Um, I'm also taking some of this with a grain of salt. Like the reports are that um, the talks are at a standstill. Yeah. Why are they at a standstill? Well, there's two reasons for that. One, the report dropped when everybody was traveling to Nashville to get to the winter meetings. So that's one reason why the talks would stop because Mm -hmm. you're on an airplane and you're checking into your hotel. Two is because they apparently exchange names. Again, I don't know how true this is, you know, that front offices leak certain information to get the media talking about one topic over another. Um, And it's an unrealistic ask. If, if you are sitting here, I mean, Yankees fans, I know we've sat here all off season and there is the entitlement that we get to discuss or even entertain the fact that we're going after Juan Soto and Yoshinobu Yamamoto, like it's nothing whereas other franchises would dream of that or, you know, can't even fathom that coming to one of those players being a reality for them. Um, But yeah, you objectively look at that package and it's too much. So you you could look at it as, okay, here's AJ Preller setting the tone. Here's Brian Cashman politely saying F you Mm -hmm. and, you know, go kind of like what, what was the other, uh, what was the other, um, it was either a free agency situation or a trade situation where, um, maybe it was judge that we talked about last year where it was like judge wanted 400 million or something. And then it was like, okay, great. Go see if you can get that elsewhere, but come back to us and let us know if you can get that. So now it's like a situation with Prello where it's like, all right, you want all these players? You want seven pitchers? Um, yeah, go talk to the blue Jays, see what they can offer you. Um, get back to us. Then we'll, we'll get talking again. Uh, cause there's no reason if AJ Preller is not willing to budge to keep talking about this. Cause it's objectively again, I think from a regular baseball fan perspective, it's a crazy ask. The Padres got Juan Soto and Josh Bell for six players. One of those players was Luke Voigt. They're asking us to take on Juan Soto's $32 million salary and two years of Trent Grisham, which I'm pretty confident the Yankees are not asking for. because that is not a request. Yeah, and he's not good. And they want seven players, no salary dumps, all of whom are controllable for at least four-plus years, including two-fifths of our rotation. Somebody reached out to me on Twitter and said that, you know, if we're not willing to make that deal, we're not serious. I disagree. That's Um, absurd. That is patently absurd. Giving away your entire pitching staff. Again, and I know people are talking about this too. They're like, stop calling Juan Soto a rental. He's not a rental. He is a rental. It's one year of Juan Soto. You're not guaranteed to get him. I understand there's a lot of positives from getting him now to prepare yourself for next year's free agency or whatever long-term – you know, uh, relationship you have with him, whether it's, okay, great. It didn't work out in New York, go somewhere else. And that's valuable information, I think, or it's great. You love it here. Here's 12 years. You're here for life, but you're decimating your entire pitching staff. The Yankees had all these guys step in for people who have departed or people who got injured and it worked out nicely. And now you're getting rid of six of them, including two fifths of your starting rotation. And you think that Juan Soto is just going to overnight solve all the offensive problems. So There's a difference between, you know, dealing from a position of strength to address a position of weakness. But in this situation, the Yankees are dealing from a position of relative weakness and gutting it for somebody who's really good and would only be here for a year. So the fact that we can't have a conversation about this, it seems, because people are disagreeing on either end of the spectrum seems crazy to me. Well, there's such there's so much bullshit floating around. There's like, look, I, I've seen like, look, I have no sympathy for the Yankees. Like what they're realizing they have to give up good players to get Juan Soto. 
Is that a serious criticism? Like that you're asking for seven top pitching prospects. Like, is that a serious criticism? Of course they have to give up good players. And I am going to be critical of the Yankees too. If you let Michael King, absolutely, has, who has two years of control, who was a reliever until a month ago, and who had a serious elbow injury in 2022. And no, it wasn't a UCL tear, but it was a rare elbow fracture, which is even more worrisome. Yeah, People using that to defend it, like, oh, he's not injury prone. He just had an elbow fracture that we, of the variety we've never heard of that knocked him out for a, a half season. Oh, great. That's very terrifying. And his, his whip motion indicates that there could potentially be elbow troubles around the horizon for him. He's only controllable for two years. So if you let him be the breaking point that stops you from getting one year of Juan Soto, it's not, he's not a pitching prospect. We do not have Michael King for five more years. We are not paying Michael King $80 million. If he becomes a starting pitcher down the line or a hundred or 120 or 140, you have to trade Michael King. If that's the difference between getting Juan Soto and not getting Juan Soto. That said, it's not disrespectful at all for the Yankees to say, we won't trade seven pitching prospects for Juan Soto and a center fielder who's hit under 200 the last two years with OPSs of 626 and 666. You want to say Terrible. batting average doesn't matter anymore. Power matters. You want to say batting average doesn't matter anymore. It kind of matters when the guy's under 200 and hitting 13 home runs a year, two years in a row. I don't want Trent Grisham on the team, let alone as the additional piece in this trade. I'd rather have Matt Carpenter's salary. Sorry. <laughs> not sorry about it. So – the Padres initial ask is crazy. And like you said, I, I the other thing on Twitter I can't handle is people being like, if you're frustrated by this, then you just don't know how negotiations work. And <laughs> I know how negotiations work. I'm well, I'm not sitting here in my chair saying Brian Cashman better take the first request. And if he lets us get to a second offer, he's ruining it. No, it, obviously Brian Cashman has to do the work here. But if you believe that Brian Cashman is attacking this with a level head after what we saw at the GM meetings, after the last two trade deadlines, after the Yamamoto's agent, Stanton's agent kerfuffle, then you're not living in the same planet as most of us. There is no reason I should have faith in Brian Cashman handle this in a level-headed manner and just do a, okay, tit for tat. Oh, thank you, AJ Preller. Thank you so much for the offer. We will sit and think about it and return to you with a counter. You know why I know that he's not doing that? Because he leaked us the seven-player offer. Who else would have leaked us that? Not A.J. Preller. A.J. Preller was not like, I'm going to tell the media I asked Brian Cashman for seven things. That will <laughs> really help my chances of getting the Juan Soto deal to the finish line. Cashman has already grown frustrated in this process because he knows that he is the only reasonable trade partner at this moment in time the seattle mariners are a reasonable trade partner they have brian Wu and bryce miller and emerson hancock these are people who i don't think are clearly proven better than a four starter at this moment in time brian Wu's metrics indicate he could have ace like upside great um so do clark schmitz and if you're saying clark schmitz garbage but brian Wu is great then it's probably not worth continuing the conversation but the mariners could do it and they cleared the payroll for it and they could easily, if they wanted to, absorb $32 million for Juan Soto and give up Wu and Miller and some low-level you know, pitching prospects. But they, what they can't do is they can't do seven. No. They I can mean, do I... they can do a, a, a version of what the Yankees can do if this gets to a reasonable place. Like, they might be able to beat Schmidt and Hampton and Brito and Vasquez. I guess. I would – I think the Yankees package is competitive there. But people yeah. seem to think the Mariners could beat that. And, and if they're willing to absorb the money, then fine. But Ken Rosenthal says they're not willing to absorb the money, which makes this a non-starter. The Toronto Blue Jays offer is if if the Padres take the Blue Jays offer over the Yankees offer, it will be because, A, e either Brian Cashman spiked this deal yeah. out of anger and was just like, go fuck yourself, take whatever. I, I'm not coming back to the table because seven guys is unreasonable. Go get what you can get from the Blue Jays, and then they'll put their tail between their legs and go talk to the Blue Jays. Or another option is maybe the Padres are, are just doing a Yankees tax thing and are trying to spite the Yankees. The only reason that the Blue Jays would be the winners here are out of spite, because Ricky Tiedemann is a, a Chase Hampton, slightly might be the best name discussed in this deal, but threw under 100 innings last year, got injured, went to double A, and posted a 6 ERA. Not a major league ready starter, 
not at all what the Padres are asking of the Yankees, right? Uh, and Alec Manoa being a part of this conversation at all, if this is last winter, maybe, I guess, but Alec Manoa had a Luis Severino season, thinks himself to be an all-star, wouldn't go to AAA and rehab, gave up 11 runs in the Florida Complex League, and is pretty close to, like, at this juncture, 0.0 trade value. He'd have to be the sixth piece. I don't understand why. Like, Alec Manoa feels like he has Randy Vasquez-level trade value at this point. At best. At best. He's not valueless. He was an all-star and a Cy Young candidate in 2022. But he's gone completely off the rails. So the Blue Jays don't match up well with the Padres unless Brian Cashman – uh, lashes out at AJ Preller or AJ Preller at one point goes, guess what? I never wanted to deal with the Yankees. I hate you people. And I'm going to the blue Jays. He's getting, they're giving me less and I don't care. Those are the only ways in which that would happen. However, based on what Cashman has done recently, I think it's a fair worry that he spikes this thing and spikes the football and says to hell with you all. I'm not get you want seven pitching prospects. I'm not even giving you three. Then he'll go, okay, Tiedman and Manoa looking pretty good to me now. Yeah. Um, and that's part of the problem here. Like what? We'll talk about the Mariners in a second because that trade is notable and and we have to we have to parse through that. But yeah, the pros and the cons of Cashman dealing with this. One, he leaked that, or I, I, who else would have leaked that? That's a, you're right. Who else would have leaked that? I don't know. He leaked that. I, I I don't know what the reason is for anybody else doing that, but there we are. Um, he's his behavior has clearly been bad as a person. Um, inappropriate, unprofessional disrespectful go down the list so why is it at all surprising that he's going to start doing this shit when he feels like he's been wronged by a fellow peer aj preller a peer asking for this or asking for even a semblance of that um seemingly angering him um childish behavior to leak all that childish behavior to put the yankees in a bad position Mm -hmm. and then you want to talk about the report about the unwillingness to include michael king and or drew thorpe yeah. I mean, you got to get real, man. There is there there is no situation in which either of those guys are untouchable. The Michael I, Scott meme, the you can't just sit here and do nothing. <laughs> okay, yeah. Like <laughs> Drew Thor, Michael King being untouchable is the kind of report that leaks if the guy never wants to make a trade for the rest of his life. Pitching yeah. prospects break. Michael King, God bless him, had a great month at the end of the year. Shout out to Johnny Brito and Randy Vasquez for becoming real third, fourth, or fifth pieces in this trade instead of non-entities. Drew Thorpe was the Yankees minor league pitcher of the year. He's been right up there in minor league pitching prospect of the year discussions this year, but he didn't make it to the end of the year healthy. He got hurt, didn't pitch in the double-A playoffs. I I don't know what that ailment was, and I hope he's all good for next season, but pitching prospects break. It's literally what they do. If you have an opportunity to trade pitching prospects for Juan Soto, whether it's two months or a year of him, you do it. This is like a dream trade. The Padres are saying, we want pitching prospects. And pitching prospects are what you want to unload. The Yankees don't want to give up Dominguez or Volpe or even Wells and Pereira. And the Padres are like, we don't even want to talk about those people. We just want to talk about your combustible pitching prospects. And if Brad Cashman is still hearing that and instead of doing a dance, is taking people off the table, then that's not how this is done. I'm sorry. I do know how negotiations work. (laughs) <laughs> I know how negotiations work. I know how negotiations work. <laughs> to, yeah, to, honestly, to have anybody off the table here not name those other guys that you said, like Volpe Dominguez, probably it. Like I would I would trade Austin Wells to, if the package was fine enough. I mean, again, it all comes down to balancing this to where it's sensible. If the ask is seven players, I think even regardless of who the seven players are, that's that's objectively crazy. It's especially if they're asking you to take on Trent Grisham, who's probably going to make a combined 15, 14, between 13 and 15 million over the next two years. Bottom five player in baseball yeah. right now. For, yeah. yeah. For somebody who's going to be your fourth outfielder, because he ain't starting when Jason Dominguez comes back. Cause you better believe that the Yankees are going to find a better, I mean, you know, I guess we shouldn't better believe it, but you would hope the Yankees would find a better left field option at this point. Um, in this case, I guess it would be Soto, but um, yeah. And then you look at uh, the the just the the overall depth here um, in terms of where Cashman's dealing from. Like he's been reluctant to trade even from positions of strength, which is where I think a lot of our frustration lies. And I understand there is 
the universal Yankees tax. There is these teams saying, oh, you know what? You're the Yankees. I think it's part of it is the Padres are preying on the Yankees' desperation. They're like, you finished 82 and 80. You clearly need a fucking good player. You need one of the best players in the league to, you know, satisfy your fan base. So this is what it's going to cost. Yeah. Or we're going to start here and it's not going to be very easy to to move forward. Um, and Cashman found himself in a tough position because all the decisions that he's made over the last four or five years have snowballed to this point where he's in a bad and desperate position that has allowed other teams to kind of take advantage of what's going on over, over, over that point, uh, over the, the course of that time. Um, so yeah, the fact that you do have a, a surplus of pitching at this point, um, you do, you can offer the best package of, I think, uh, I think three of the best there is fair. I'd even be willing to do, um, you know, King, Thorpe and Schmidt and call it a day. I know that'd be tough. That'd be tough, but you have to do it. It's the price, the price of admission, but you're not going to tell me I'm giving up four other people. That's that's we're giving you two fifths of the starting rotation and a top four, three, uh, top three to five prospect, however you want to look at the various rankings out there. Um, And obviously we know that that, that isn't always a linear development type deal, but um, you're talking about two guys who are MLB ready, who can help you contend for a playoff position as early as 2024. So, um, you have the, you have the pitching depth, you have the ability to do it. So if they're asking for seven players, you have to counter with the three best and say, this is it. I think the one advantage of Cashman here, um, which is part of the fault is that he will not relent until he gets closer to his way. He will ensure that there's minimal risk. Again, perhaps to a fault, but you know the the talk starting off here. You always knew this was kind of going to be an uphill battle. I did not think it was going to be this difficult um, because, again, like we talked about, the Yankees are far and away probably the only suitor to satisfy the Padres' needs, mm-hmm. um, and there are very few teams who can afford to part with talent like that for a expensive one year rental and then be able to stomach that expensive one year rental leaving in the off season. Um, because they would be able to pay somebody else in you know, if if that were to happen. Um, so th- there there's more good than uh, there's more bad than good here. Uh, I think that is what we're trying to say. But also you have to realize that a seven player ask. I think Cashman scoffing at that is is um, is notable and and also the fact that they're asking for that many pitchers, which is the most important asset on any team, is crazy. If they weren't talented, like if they wanted a seven prospect poo poo platter of like Brito Vasquez and a couple of our 24th ranked prospects, then yeah, no kidding. I, I nod and sign off on that. But if you're asking for two members of the current starting rotation and two top 10 prospects in the Yankee system and Brito and Vasquez and a seventh person for an outfielder I don't want, like then that's that's a joke ask. Like and you do you're you're gonna the peril of being a Yankee fan and a Yankee analyst is you're gonna have people across baseball being like so do it what are you what are you waiting for which Harold Reynolds said oh this package is fine do it it's like what? yeah I don't know who any of those people are do it it's like well that's there a, a, a lot of people who are gonna participate on next year's staff so let's hang on like I'm not gonna promote if they don't trade Drew Thorpe but they do trade King and Schmidt I'm not promoting Drew Thorpe on opening day then I have to go sign Frankie Montas then I have to go sign Wade Miley then I have to go sign Jack Flaherty like is yeah. Jack Flaherty better than Clark Schmidt no way no chance like I'm not even a Clark Clark Schmidt has a lot of levels to find I'm not even a believer in Clark Schmidt showing up next year and being a three five guy but I'd rather have him than these five ERA retreads hanging out in the system. Um, it's tough. It's really tough. And, and I think at some point the rubber has to meet the road here. It's not that this isn't how negotiating works. It's that how Brian Cashman has to be trusted in order to, to hold it down without vomiting for the duration of this conversation. He's got to hold that corn in his stomach. It can't come back up. He can't yeah. lose it. And do, I mean, do you think for a second rival GMs aren't trying to take advantage of Cashman's dwindling mental state too they saw all everything that it, they they witnessed it all you just did like it in public did. they were probably like jesus christ this guy's on edge let's see what we can get from him like why would you not think that as somebody who is holding the most valuable one-year trade piece in modern history you know and we know aj preller is very good at identifying talent um and 
building up a farm system and even building a 40 man roster. Like the Padres have had good rosters. It's just it's generally been the wrong pieces or the wrong leadership or whatever you want to call it, or in some bad luck with injuries. But um, he might be a volatile GM, but he largely knows what he's doing. And if you see Brian Cashman get into a public spat with Giancarlo Stanton's agent, who was also Yoshinobu Yamamoto's agent, and you watch him go off on, you know, a, a group of reporters in a very public setting, then you know the guy's on edge and might be able to take advantage of the situation. So again, decisions Brian Cashman has made has led us to this to led us to this very moment, which is why we're talking about this right now, which I feel is wasting portions of my life valuable brain cells like yeah i, I don't know eric uh, sanchez in the comments one of our viewers who's here all the time uh, eric great, great commenter but like it's it's our brain cells are melting by the minute like yeah clark schmidt isn't going to impact the game like juan soto can no but way not, of course not but you can't trade like a clark schmidt and a michael king and a drew thorpe and a chase Ham. like you can't take the road you can't take apart the rotation and then take apart the people who would slide into the rotation and just be okay the yankees yeah. could recover they could they could make this trade and get and gut all their upper level pitching depth. I'm not attached to Clark Schmidt. Like I would forget him pretty quickly. But they could gut their upper level pitching and gut their triple A pitching and sign Yamamoto and sign Montas and then get and groom Will Warren to take a spot and, and whoever you kept, Yoendris Gomez or whatever. They could be fine. But if they do that and don't sign Yamamoto and just get stuck with the bottom of the barrel dudes and Will Warren's in the opening day rotation for whatever reason, then it looks pretty bad if you relent to this first ask. No, like almost none of the names in the trade are going to impact the Yankees in the way that, you know, Juan Soto could. But you you cannot bend over and say, take these seven players. That's just not yeah. reasonable. And if, if you know, I'll tell you what, though, I am sick of being the bridesmaid. So if, if we wait two weeks and the ask is still seven players, then I might honestly change my mind and be like, fucking sure. fine. Take the seven players and we'll bite the bullet. Um, yeah. But right now I'm not ready to do that. And one thing I will also say, though, if Juan Soto comes to New York and struggle and he does relent and Juan Soto comes to New York and struggles and then leaves in free agency. You cannot get on Brian Cashman for that. No, I'm sorry. Yeah. We can, we can criticize Brian Cashman for so many things and believe me, we will, but everybody wants Juan Soto in the Bronx right now. And people are split between let's be a little bit patient, but we need to get Juan Soto and let's be not patient at all. Let's get Juan Soto immediately. And let's give up everything. Those are the only two camps. Even the people who don't think Juan Soto solves the team's problems are like, get Juan Soto and then get Yamamoto and get Bellinger. No one's like, don't get Juan Soto. I've seen three people who are like, he's a diva. He's a clubhouse cancer or whatever. And it's like, oh, cool that you are in the Padres clubhouse. That's awesome. Um, Everybody wants Juan Soto. So Juan Soto comes here and it doesn't work out. You actually don't get to bash Brian Cashman for that. I know I can't tell you what to do as a fan. And I know you're going to be emotional and react the way you're going to react. I'm not bossing you around. You can do whatever you want, but just like you are not allowed to come on here and be like, Cashman has to do whatever the Padres want. And then when Juan Soto strikes out with runs in scoring position in April, be like another Cashman failure. (laughs) You're actually not allowed to do that. Yeah. Um, Eric follows up that the pieces haven't worked to date. Change is good. I agree. Change is good. So here's the twofold aspect here. Um, These pieces have largely worked to date. Clark, I think found, what he needs to replicate over the course of a full 32 start season to be yeah. an everyday, uh, you know, an everyday rotation piece. Michael King, I think either, even if he's not a starter, he is a very valuable pitcher. Um, Brito and Vasquez are very valuable in terms of spot starters and, and uh, multi-inning relief options. Brito is um, awesome in the bullpen. Yeah. Again, like, and I would agree. I would say the, the three prospects here, um, Drew Thorpe and then whatever other two they're asking for. Um, those players certainly have not worked to date. We have only evidence of them performing at the minor league level, which to us is, is, is not very much useful information, but, um, again, so you have that, right? A couple of these guys are actually integral integral and have figured out roles for being on this team for the next three to five years for everybody who doesn't like Brian Cashman, that means that now you have to trust Brian Cashman to get four to five new pitchers in the door. And there aren't that many to kind of go after this offseason unless you're spending a lot of money or you're making a marquee trade, whether that's for um, Dylan Cease, whether that's for Shane Bieber, whether it's for Corbin Burns, Tyler Glass now. 
I don't think they're getting, I think they're completely out on two of those four and they have a chance for the other two, but that means you're losing all these assets in a Juan Soto trade to now replenish what you traded in the Soto trade. And even just the acquisition of Yoshinobu Yamamoto doesn't address everything that you've lost. If you were to just sign off on the seven player deal right now, you would be creating more problems by addressing the one larger problem, because let's face it, the Yankees rotation was not good. Was not very good last year. It was Garrett. Bottom Cole, third. Yeah. And then it was a lot of struggling. And I understand people had their moments. Michael King had a great 10 start stretch or whatever it was. Clark Schmidt. Awesome for two and a half months. Um, Nestor wasn't there. Carlos Rodon never found his footing. Um, Luis Severino was arguably the worst pitcher in baseball. Except maybe um, Alec Manoa, who's now going to be in this Padres tree. Yeah. So that this cre- the, the reason why giving up seven players here, even reg- regardless if they're true impact players or not, means that you're now entrusting a front office who has failed you for the last, you know, what, 10 years to replenish the most important position on the field, which I don't think they can do. This quickly, I, I have trusted them over time to, I guess, cultivate and develop talent. I think the the Yankees kind of doing a 180 with their farm system and player development has has improved. Yet we haven't seen too many results from it. But the evaluators seem to think differently in terms of the prospect rankings. Um, the Yankees roster is generally talented. There's just something going on between the promotion from Double A to the next levels. Um, but yeah, I don't think that there's a there to get Juan Soto in the door at the expense of all these other things is just putting the Yankees in a in a worse spot, in my opinion. I I hear that and, and I I agree. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Baseball America did us maybe a solid today or maybe not. I I thought Drew Thorpe would be further up in the top 100 prospect. I thought he'd make some top 100s. He was 98, I think in the end of season ranking. And I thought he was going to maybe make a leap, but he was seventh in baseball America's new top 30. And they only released the top 10, but he was seventh and chase Hampton was fourth. So that would indicate chase Hampton's going to be in the sixties, seventies, and maybe Thorpe will be, I mean, 98 at best, but off the list. I mean, there's no way he's, I thought he'd rise into the top 50. Uh, and he apparently won't. Henry Lalan, the teenager mm. who is like a six-five lefty who people love, but is at the Gulf Coast League level, was in the top ten. He rose up to number eight. So I pitched this article just ran. I pitched using him as a sweetener if the Padres aren't so blown away by the top level, you know, Schmidt King types that the Yankees are offering, saying, "Hey, we're well aware. Look, you're looking for seven guys. We're not going to do that. And we're well aware Lalan is not contributing for." three more years, but he is extremely talented and everybody agrees. So if you won't do Schmidt, Warren, Brito Vasquez, and if you won't do Schmidt, Hampton, Brito Vasquez, will you do Hampton, Lalan, Brito Vasquez and King? Like that's a great five man package, which I would do. Let the Padres figure out this six, five lefty. Um, but he's a sweetener at this point. He's not what they're looking for. It's just an interesting way to get it to the finish line if they're demanding King and Schmidt and Thorpe and Hampton and just like this absurd overloaded package that feels like the pitching equivalent of what they gave up for two and a half years of Juan Soto. Yeah. Um, it's complicated. It's not easy. But, yeah, the Yankees cannot be depleting their major league roster or people who are just about to fill voids on the major league roster for one player. 
It, it, it doesn't matter who the player is. We watched how good is Aaron Judge? Aaron Judge is lit, literally might be, you know, if it, it's him and Shohei Otani, in my opinion, as the best players in baseball. You laugh about Aaron. Everyone likes to laugh about Aaron Judge. I always heard all the time, whatever. Aaron Judge's impact on both sides of the ball is the most unique, arguably, from a position player standpoint. Um, uh, excluding somebody like Otani who could pitch at a high level and hit at a, at a high level. They were 82 and 80. And then even when they get to the playoffs, the few years, you know, uh, these years with Judge on the team, the roster around him is not good enough. And still one player is not going to change that. They need more contact hitters. They need better situational hitters. They need basic baseball instincts and fundamentals to, uh, I guess, creep in. They need to bunt more. Luis Rojas is coming back and and bunts are uh, trending. So I think we're good there. Yeah. Oh, Eric likes the five-man package. So look, we did our job. There we go. I think we got to the finish line. We did it. Fernando wants the front office fired. Uh, Yeah, I hear you, man. I just – then who's going to make the deals? You want us to make the deals? The Astros made their offseason deals with no front office last year and ended up with Rafael Montero for $80 million and flamed out of the playoffs. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so this is, this is going to be nuanced. It's going to be annoying. Again, I don't know what to believe at this point. The only thing I do believe is that Cashman leaked the package. That's, that's pretty much There's, there's a hundred percent. The only difference between the Yankees front office and the Mets front office is Cashman leaks the package. The Mets front office shows their package. <laughs> all those guys, they all got fired. In one package is smaller than the other. They all got fired for showing their Johnsons. It happens repeatedly. <laughs> Um, like seven of them, and then one of them drunk drove and fell asleep at the road. Yeah, uh, yeah we love the Mets. They're great. Yeah. Um, that's where we're at right now. That's all we know. Um, um, yeah, let's uh, – but what we do know also is this Mariner stuff is tricky. Uh, Mariners Braves kicked yeah. off the winter meetings. I mean, they didn't even start yet, right? The winter meeting started today technically, but everybody arrived yeah. yesterday. They were probably schmoozing over some uh, cocktails and whatnot. Um, what was this? A five-player trade or something? Uh, Jared Kelnick, Marco Gonzalez, mm-hmm. um, somebody else for two players I never heard of. Jared uh, Kelnick, Mar- this is a crazy trade. Jared Kelnick, yeah. who was supposed to be the Mariners' left fielder of the future, but broke his foot last year kicking a water cooler, '90s style, and then uh, was shipped out. And tried the year before in the dugout when they missed the playoffs. Yeah, Marco Gonzalez, who, uh, again, shout out to every uh, internet genius who was like, Marco Gonzalez for Glaber Torres actually feels like a good trade because Glaber Torres is talented, but you can't discount the value of 180 low-quality innings. <laughs> like, Marco Gonzalez gets out there on the mound and isn't good almost ever, but at least he does it a lot. Okay, cool. Well, he was salary dumped to Atlanta along with Jared Kelnick and Evan White, who you might forget was extended by the Mariners after his gold glove winning 176, hitting 599 OPSing rookie season and hasn't played in the bigs since 2021. I have his rookie refractor. In exchange for Jackson Coar, who was a Royals, a toolsy Royals prospect who was traded to the Braves a couple weeks ago in that Nicky Lopez uh, big thick trade or whatever. No, it wasn't even the same thing. That was Aaron Bummer. Whatever Jackson Coar went to the Braves a couple weeks ago. Now he's already going to the Mariners. And Cole Phillips, I think, was the Braves' number seven prospect. It's a non-trade. They sent the Atlanta Braves five million dollars to take on this group, so they saved fifteen million here, and that has made everybody believe that they are now a Juan Soto suitor. But they traded Eugenio Suarez to save more money there. They've saved a lot of money, but they don't have a third baseman. It's Luis Urias. They don't have a second baseman. It's Josh Rojas. They don't have a left fielder. It was Teoscar Hernandez. They don't have Jared Kelnick anymore. All these holes. You want to talk about Juan Soto doesn't fill all the Yankees holes. You're right. But you want to talk about that and then go to the Mariners? Juan Soto doesn't even come close to filling the Mariners holes. And the Mariners insider, Ryan Jewish, <laughs> just got on foul territory and said that Cal Raleigh and Logan Gilbert within the next two years are going to become too expensive for the Mariners to keep, quote, you could see both those guys getting moved. So they're just reckoning with reality. They're not building a juggernaut anymore. So it's my humble opinion that clearing Kelnick and clearing Gonzalez, I mean, they're trying to get salary flexibility. They need to add players, but it feels like, they're saving up for Isak Paredes' arbitration and not Juan Soto. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Because guess what? That's a great fit on paper. If the Mariners want to be a competitive Major League Baseball team trying to win a World Series, they should absolutely trade for Juan Soto. 
but so should the Phillies, so should the Cubs, so should the Red Sox, and none of these people are are doing it because we kind of live in a hellscape where like nobody wants to be good. Everybody wants to be pretty good. Nobody yeah. wants to be. I'm going to get Juan Soto good. Yeah, I don't. This is what you you thought on the surface. The 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 Mariners were clearing some payroll to make room for Soto's salary. It's a great it's, spot. They should do it. They should yeah. absolutely do it. I mean, what else are you doing if you're not doing it? You know, you're you reside in the same division as the last two World Series champions. Probably should make a probably should make a move of that magnitude. And then you look at the Braves, who I'm jealous of the Braves. I know that like their their success is very new, um, but they are constantly making moves to tweak things about on their roster to move, move parts around and, and bring, bring in new faces to see what works to trade high on assets, whatever you want to call it. Like they, they, they had 30, I think spots on the 40 man roster filled. And then they, they made this move. So the, and now they're trading Marco Gonzalez apparently. So they're in on Otani. I don't know what's going to happen there. I don't know how legitimate that is, but they should um, be the mystery team for Otani too, yeah. but like I guess they won't be. That that seems pretty settled, but we still can't get a resolution there. J- yeah, Otani shit. Yeah, it, it's really it's really confusing. But um, yeah, I don't I don't know if I buy that the Mariners are not willing to pay that one year that that thirty two million for Soto. I know it's a lot of money, but again a lot of these things are smoke a lot of these things are trying to divert your attention and like you're thinking oh mariners are out yeah great and then they're all of a sudden in like every every offseason this happens where it it feels like someone falls out of favor or someone's out of the running and then a week later things change so um i don't know if you're the mariners and you make that big luis castillo trade um you're done a year later Uh, that doesn't that doesn't see a year and a half later doesn't doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense um I think that they're more so positioning themselves to do something like a Soto move. I don't know what exactly um, would follow if it's not that. Maybe Yamamoto. Um, Otani. Was Otani still in? There was a list of teams that got eliminated. Were the Mariners still on there for Otani or no? The Mariners self-eliminated. The Mariners said first, we're not even going to – I don't think we can play around in those waters or whatever, even though you 100% should. Um, But there is a mystery team hanging out. There's a mystery team chilling. That's what we know. The the early eliminated teams were the Texas Rangers, which is surprising. I actually thought they were going to – I thought they were the second most enticing team behind the Dodgers. Yeah. And they, they were eliminated. They apparently don't want to go that high. I guess you're less motivated to go crazy high if you just won the World Series and want to bring Jordan Montgomery back and want to maybe sign Josh Hader. So, sure, the Mets are apparently out. The Red Sox are apparently out, which – Pour one out there because I was actually told that was a done deal. Um, I was yep. told Soto, I was told Yamamoto, Otani, Yoshida, you know, job job is done. You know, Boston is Japan of the East Coast. Boston is Japan. Boston is Japan now. Boston is <laughs> like you know, they're gonna you know forget fried seafood. It's it's raw sushi now. Um, but apparently the Red Sox are out on Shohei Otani, uh, which and it, it, while we're here, like Red Sox fans now are like, well, we never, you know, we never actually thought we were going to get never him. actually thought that we were, we're like, we never, never thought we were going to get him. We were just saying it every single day, uh, every five minutes. And and also he wouldn't even make us that much better. You know, having the best hitter in baseball and the reigning MVP and also an ace level pitcher is just a move to sell tickets. It wouldn't make us any better, actually. No, it would make you extremely better. Yeah. Well, the best was it was like, well, we already have three DHs. Why we already have Sedan Raffaello. Why do we even need <laughs> Shohei Otani? He would make you extremely better, like so much better, like World Series winning better over the next couple of years. Sickening people. He would absolutely improve your roster. I, we don't need Otani. We need pitching. Oh my God! I have incredible news. Are you are you are you awake? Are you sitting <laughs> down? He fucking does that too. You losers. <laughs> He's a Cy Young level pitcher, you hmm. idiot. The, uh, I think we should also in this Braves Mariners trade. I think the Braves being in on Otani is another problem for the Yankees because you have this light distraction, I guess, of the Yankees trying to go after Soto and it not 
materializing in the manner in which they had hoped. It's a little bit delayed. You're talking about it maybe not happening for another month or so, whatever it is. Um, the Braves get Otani in if that happens. You can't tell me that the Dodgers are not going to immediately do everything they can to sign Yamamoto. They need pitching. They have they are like the one A in the horse race to the Yankees one for Yamamoto. I think consensusly, like everything that we've read, it seems like it's the Yankees are in the lead for Yamamoto. It That's seems what it's, like it. I think the Red Sox can't be counted out. I think if the Dodgers oh, miss on Otani, yeah. then they zoom right to that one yeah. A spot. Uh People calling it out for New York bias, too. Like, there was a video that Jolly Olive put up of all the New York reporters guessing where Yamamoto went, and they all said Yankees or Mets. It's not New York bias. Those are the, those are the top two teams in the chase right now. Yeah, I mean, it's realistic. Yeah. I, yeah, it's frustrating. I'm not counting anybody out. Let's get that. Yeah, I'm not counting anybody out in anything. Otani, Yamamoto, Soto, it doesn't matter. Like The Red everybody... Sox should sign Yamamoto. Like I'm tired of telling yes. our rivals they should do stuff. But the Red yeah. Sox should sign Yamamoto and the Mariners should trade for Juan Soto. And I hope yeah. neither one does, but they they both should. Obvious, obvious fits with the ability to do it money and prospect-wise. Like there's no reason not to. But yeah, I mean – Otani goes to the Braves, the Dodgers. That's a direct competitor of the Dodgers. That's a team the Dodgers would have to go through in the playoffs to get to the World Series. There is no doubt in my mind they're going to overbid for Yamamoto, put the Yankees in a tough spot. Um, the Yankees do not have financial flexibility as um, advantageous as the Dodgers do. Um, if you guys want to check out those payrolls, the Dodgers have done a great job of of being flexible in the near future. The Yankees have not. Um, I know things are starting to get a little bit better for the Yankees, but the next couple of years are still kind of a little bit of a disaster. Um, so, yeah, I think the Mariners getting rid of salary still, I think that threatens the Yankees for the Yamamoto chase and the Soto trade because the Mariners still have um, assets. And then you want to talk about the Braves with still all this roster space going after Otani and then putting the Yankees in a worse position for other competitors for um, uh, Yamamoto. You know, I the Yankees getting in bidding wars in recent years has not gone well for anybody. Um, and yeah, the Otani, the, like just the general Otani mystery. Like, if these bigger contenders are feeling like, you know, the first time around, Otani left a lot of teams in the dark. The Dodgers came back. Justin Turner and Clayton Kershaw left those meetings and were like, "What the fuck was that?" Like, why did we just do that? They felt like Otani had already made his decision. Mm -hmm. It was a pitch from the eight. Like the agent was there. Otani was, you know, probably uh, playing with a Rubik's cube or something to, he didn't even carry it as feet up on the table. Mm -hmm. um, they said he wasn't very engaged. So like this has already happened. He ruled the Yankees out first time around after the Yankees were the, the, the odds on favorite. Now you're talking about, getting paid the most amount of money of anybody ever. Like mm -hmm. he had the, if he's dragging it out this long, what do you think it's for? He hates us. Yeah. He hates us. I don't know. It's fine. Uh, it's, it's okay. But what do you, why do you think he's dragging it out for fun? No, he's dragging it out because he either no, he, he, he's narrowing it down to two or three places that he really wants to go. And he's unsure of that. Um, and he's going to, he's not dumb enough to eliminate as many teams from the jump that are going to pay him like eliminating the Yankees back then didn't matter because there was a cap on what you could pay him. Now there's no cap on what you could pay him. So him eliminating the Dodgers in theory would make no sense because that's the team right now that could probably pay him the most amount of money. So the Dodgers will remain in the chase. But if the Dodgers are feeling, feeling disillusioned by the meeting they have with him or what they're hearing from other teams that are now entering the mix, you have, mm -hmm. you have, you know, the blue Jays and the Cubs are here, which I think is fairly notable because the Dodgers are probably like, what the fuck dude. Like you played right here. We have everything you could ever ask for based on what we've heard. We already had it. We already had a, an interview with you a few years back. You're talking about going to the Jays who choke every year and the Cubs who like can't tell their ass from their elbow over, over ever since the Epstein left. So it's like at that point, the mystery there where Otani's either just taking a sweet old time and leaving these teams in the dark, having not, and them not feeling comfortable. They'll probably be like, great, let's fucking just sign Yamamoto. He's 25 and, that gives us a starter for the next decade and let's move on. Then we'll get these other guys like to a certain extent, like Shohei Otani or Shohei Otani. I take him on my team any day of the week. I'm not doing a fucking free agency dance with him for weeks, months on end. Um, when, you know, you might feel like you're, you're, you're the clear fit and you have the most to offer. 
um, in terms of playing alongside stars, in terms of a, a sustainable model of, of com, uh, competing. Um, so yeah, I think there's a very there's very much a world in which some of these teams get frustrated and then just go to the next best thing and like we're gonna get on with our offseason. We're not doing this shit anymore. And the Dodgers are after Yamamoto big time. Yes. We we know that, but they can't really make the move until Otani makes his decision. And what we do know is that Yamamoto has no issue playing with other Japanese stars. He would he's thinking about the Mets with Senga. And and I guess Senga is obviously willing to share a locker room with Yamamoto. Some Japanese stars are not willing to. They want they it's like it's a culture thing, it's a custom thing that they want to remain the center of their locker room. And Yamamoto is willing to share the spotlight. We don't know that Otani is willing to share the spotlight. And I would I would venture a guess that he's not. Yeah. Frankly. I don't know. Like it's just something that we don't know. And you'd think that we would know it by now if he was. You'd think that a report would drop that was like the only thing I've ever seen was that the Dodgers are the only team that could potentially do an Otani Yamamoto. And I think the only reason I've seen that is because they just are the only team that would have the money to do that. Yeah. I don't think that's because Otani said, oh, of course, I would love to, you know, share the locker room. But I have heard that the only place that the three of them would share the locker room is Boston. I heard that rumor uh, from, <laughs> from Twitter account Fenway Sports Boston guy said it a couple months ago. And I think that's real. I think that's legit. And uh, yeah, I heard there. Boston Balls 21. The Charles River is soy sauce now. I heard that. It's it's a great (laughs) marketing opportunity uh, that the city of Boston just can't pass up. So congratulations, of course, on signing Shohei Otani. We could do it, but we don't want to do it. They could do it. That's the thing. Uh, In October, I heard they were going to do it. And then now I heard that it would totally be an option, but it's just not, it's not appealing to them. Um, They would have to give up Tanner Houck. So he would lose a rotation spot. So they would have to give up. slider. You can't. Um, all right. Last free agency topic of the day. Um, as we have, do we have any news rolling in? I saw something on here. What happened? Well, Wandy, Wandy Peralta yeah, is, Wandy. Again, oh, is again in our orbit. Like that, that's the news that dropped during the show as well oh. as the weed Miley contract with the Milwaukee Brewers, uh, you know, winter meetings at large. That's, that's what we got. And, and Wandy, they, they're saying, you know, no, no information there. It's like Yankees hope to bring him back crowded field. Of course. Yeah, Wandy's great. And who wouldn't want to pay like not that much money for a pretty good lefty reliever? Uh, <laughs> we win the bidding there. Everything. Here's what I've heard. Um, Robert Murray told me today that the every single market is more expensive than you think it's going to be. And mm-hmm. I think that stands to reason. Like you, you see what's going on right now in the Soto trade talks. It, it, there hasn't been a single reported deal yet where you're like, that's it. Look at what Emilio Pagan got. Look at what uh, Joe Kelly Got a con his option year was 9.5 million with the Dodgers. The Dodgers declined that and paid a one million dollar buyout instead. Rumor has it the deal with the Dodgers that he just signed over the weekend is one year eight million. So Joe Kelly took a five hundred thousand dollar pay cut. That's the savings that the Dodgers got, but that's the level of nonsense that's going on in the, in yeah. every space in the relief market in the starting market. Like Joe Kelly, yeah, okay, good. After barely pitching last year after going to the Dodgers. The Dodgers just cut him a check that's roughly equivalent to what he was paid last year. It's kind of a tough market. That's why there's no movement. Add in the huge Otani chip, and it explains why there's very little movement right now. Yeah, man. But the, the biggest ask of all is the Cody Bellinger ask, which Cody Bellinger and Soto would be a fun offseason. Cody Bellinger instead of Soto, he's not roughly equivalent, but, you know, you got to get somebody. Unfortunately, he and Scott Boris are still asking for $250 million. 12 years, plus million dollars. Bob Nightingale yesterday. Jesus. And that was the like MLB trade rumors contract prediction or whatever was right up there. And we laughed at it. And that's what Bob Nightingale said. Still looking for $250 million. Hey, Cody, you hit free agency at the perfect time. Last year, you got a one-year deal. This year, you're going to get eight years. You're going to get $150 million or something like that. Good job. You could continue your bounce back trajectory. You could win an MVP next year, I guess. But you could also fall victim to your low exit velocity. And have all your numbers plummet. And have the team that signed you to even a $150 million deal instantly regret it. Do not screw this up. This is a golden opportunity to cash in on a long-term deal that you lost control of last offseason. Stop asking for $250 million because the key womb heroes are not at the winter meetings. Overseas franchises are not at the winter meetings. No one in this country is going to give you $250 million. <laughs> in this country? 
And then um, the Blue Jays are not in this country. So I guess they could give you $250 million. Yeah. It's not going to happen. <laughs> can they even afford that? And can Canada's GDP even afford that? I um, still think that if they strike out on Soto and if they strike out on Otani, that that's a pretty logical like $175 million contract for them to sign. And I don't think that that is a good idea. Yeah, but, no. I mean, look, it, the, the asking price is always just going to be that. It's going to be the asking price. And then – um, as we saw a couple off seasons ago, um, some of these owners and executives had no problems letting these guys float in free agency and let the clock tick until the asking prices went down until, you know, Bryce Harper signed a 13 year, 330 something million dollar deal till Manny Machado signed a 10 year, $300 million deal. Like I don't, I think at some point, um, there there's you know there there's a reckoning and the the prices that are being floated are just totally inaccurate it's also the agents positioning themselves it's much like the preller thing it's like all right we want seven players no see if you could find that come back to us great bellinger you want 250 million we're very much interested in you go see who could pay you 250 million get back to us we'll see if we even want to do that even though we don't we'll pretend like we might want to and then we'll take it from there so you can't blame these guys for wanting to get the most money, but sometimes it is just objectively ridiculous. And every time Scott Boris is involved with one of his clients, it's, it's just so agonizing. It, it takes the fun out of the game. It makes you worry about like the moves. You're like, why the fuck am I worrying about moves? The Yankees are going to make in three years. Why, why do I have to worry about bringing in Cody Bellinger is going to affect spending in three years? It shouldn't. I shouldn't have to worry about that, but now this is what the game has turned into. I understand it's a business, but I mean, Jesus, on it is funny what people are clued into now like the amount everybody knows everybody's payroll yeah when i was a kid maybe it's a secret i was maybe just because i was seven years old but i definitely don't remember like anyone being like oh my god we could re-sign bernie williams that would our 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 2001 payroll would go (laughs) go all the way up to 180 mil it was like get good players go sign good players figure it out later but at least do that Yep, you don't want to be paying for Cody Bellinger at that price after missing out on these other things. So they better figure out the Soto negotiations. They better they better be able to balance this Yamamoto uh, signing with the Soto trade and not get distracted by one. You know, I think that there is some validity in this Soto stuff dragging out that the Dodgers could be advantaged in the Yamamoto race. You know, I don't again, it's the trust in Cashman. Like if he's already trying to torpedo this trade, how the fuck do we know he's he's putting all the energy and effort that he needs to in Yamamoto, who is, who has an expansive market for even for his escalated price. Do I disagree with paying him 200 plus million? No, I think it's a lot of money for someone who's unproven at the MLB level. Um, no disrespect to um, the players in Japan, but you, it's an unknown factor. It's a very big unknown factor that it, that you're, you're gambling on. Um, but yeah, am I trusting Brian Cashman to handle both of these, these things with care and tact? Not really. So it's tough. It's tough. Anything else we miss? Any other new, I don't think anything else broke during that. I didn't see anything. I didn't see anything. Well, we're here for you. I think we're set for today, but we will be back of course, Thursday. And if something does break in between Tuesday, Wednesday, that we got to go, we're not going to say, Oh, the Juan Soto trade happened. All right, great. Well, we'll see you Thursday. We'll recap it all. No, we'll make sure we'll find some time to go live for sure. Uh, you guys want George Steinbrenner impressions? I guess I, you look, look, Yankees are a quality organization, right? We don't need to care about payment down the line. All we need to care about is payment right now. Okay? Competing for championships. This team is, this is a ship steered in the right direction, steered <laughs> towards the horizon, and we will win. And I am your captain. Uh, we are bored. We're a little bored. Uh, the Juan Soto thing being in a stalemate has taken a lot of the steam out of this week's conversation. And if it's going to last all the way through the end of January, February, you know, what? we'll be there. I, we will be there, but we don't know when we can possibly uh, come to the conclusion here. But again, rest assured, if something breaks between now and Thursday, we'll be right back. Turn your notifications on. Otherwise, we will be here Thursday afternoon, 2 o'clock Eastern, as always, and available on all podcast platforms afterwards. Starting to see the numbers tick up there a little bit as well. So if you're a podcast subscriber instead of a watcher of the video, shout out to you as well. Thank you. Keep it rolling. If you wanted to give us a five-star review, we wouldn't be mad. Uh, we're getting putting those reviews in the rear view mirror that called us smug and not well-informed. And, the rear and, views. Yeah, those are going way. We had a guy who used to review us one star every single episode. And we haven't seen guy? him in a long time. I think so it was Fernando. 
It might have been Fernando on a burner. If you listen to the end of this one and you still hate the podcast, all good. Uh, but please, uh, any five-star reviews to counteract that guy would be fantastic. I'm Adam Weiner. You can follow me on Twitter at Adam Weiner if you want. I'm still there. Uh, fansided2, the number two is the code for Sleeper Daily Fantasy. It's right there on the screen. And Thomas Carinante, where can the people find you? I'm still on Twitter as well. It's at Tommy's underscore takes. We are both at the official Yanks Go Yard Twitter account at Yanks Go Yard FS. Head on over to yanksgoyard.com. Please, we're staying up to date with everything. Getting all the content up there for you. Stay up to date. Stay informed. Be able to still uh, chat in the little community we got here. Let's have some fun. Let's keep it going. We'll, uh, Like Adam said, we'll be back here Thursday, 2 p.m. Eastern live right here as the winter meetings wrap. Thursday's the last day, right? It's not Friday. No, Thursday is the last Thursday. day. Thursday is the last day of the winter meetings. Hopefully we're on the air when something breaks. Um, otherwise, we'll be getting all the news to you that you're going to need. So stay tuned, everybody. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you soon. See everybody on Thursday. If not before then, thanks for riding with us. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.